Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Great to see everyone here. I'm Mike, if those of you are here maybe for the first time or for the first few times. Uh, my name's Mike, I'm the vicar. And it's good to be able to share on this very special day, Pentecost, a feast day of the church, a day of celebration for all sorts of reasons, the Queen, but of course the gift of God's Spirit. We're going to think a little bit about that today. Children, I know you have a worksheet, which is great. You can do that worksheet, but actually this whole talk is geared up for all ages. So you can listen in and uh, try and think together with us about what the gift of the Spirit, what the Spirit of God who he is, what he does, and how the Bible has revealed the Spirit in very special ways. And we're going to look at four of them, okay? But if you do have a worksheet and you want to bring and show me that at the end, I generally have some, uh, some edible treats uh, that I can dish out for some, uh, for some nicely done worksheets if you check with your mum and dad that that's okay. Okay, four things. We're going to look at the first one. There's a slide for this. The first way in which the Spirit of God is described is with this word here, breath. Breath. So I'd like to carry out a little experiment in the church this morning. And uh, what we're going to do is, I'm going to get you to count your breaths for 30 seconds, because I'd like to figure out how many breaths a human being takes in a single day. Okay, so we're going to do some maths. We're going to have some fun. We're going to do an experiment. So I'm going to give you 30 seconds. What I want you to do is count the number of times you inhale in 30 seconds. Wait for the countdown. Okay, so every time you take a breath in, count the number, count increment one. Okay, here we go. You ready for the countdown clock? Let's stick the countdown clock on. Here it comes. Let's take a bit of an average. So hand up, please. How many? How many did we have? How many did you have? Nine? Grace? Eight. Any other offers? Yes, please. Six up here. Oh, very good metabolism. Yes, there. 600 million trillion. Somewhat exaggerating. Jackie, how many? Five. That's also quite a low number of breaths. Five over here. Okay, I'm taking, I'm going to leave the outliers. I'm going to go with somewhere between eight, nine, and five over here. Let's, let's pitch for about seven as an average amongst us. Now I need someone to take out a phone. Can someone take out a phone? You can do this. I'm giving you permission. Take out a phone. Yeah, Daniel, you can do this. Now that was seven breaths for half a minute, so let's double that for the minute. So we need to do seven times two. Can we do seven times two? There we go, 14. Going to start needing your calculator now. Now there's 60 minutes in an hour, so let's times that by 60. 14 times by 60 should have a number. And then there's 24 hours in a day, so let's times whatever you've got there by 24. What have we got? How many? 20,160 breaths in a single day. Isn't that incredible? 
That is actually very close to what I read on the internet. 20,000 breaths and uh, roughly 11,000 liters of air. Now, Jesus, when he spoke about breath, spoke about it slightly differently. He actually knew in the Bible, let me tell you a story in the Bible, when, when God was creating the first human being. Yeah, that's right. When Adam was formed out of the ground, it says that the Lord breathed into his, actually literally his nostrils, and gave him the breath of life. And then this man, Adam, became different to all the other creatures around him, given the breath of life. Now, Jesus, knowing that that was written down in the Scriptures, knowing that that was in people's minds when he was speaking, that kind of breath of God that enlivens, gives people life, knowing that, he said these words. Let's have a look. These are the words he said in John chapter 20. He said this just as he had risen from the dead to his disciples. Peace be with you, he said. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, look at that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. How about that? That life-giving spirit that, that in the first place brought this man, Adam, alive. Same spirit, Lord Jesus says, I'll breathe on you and you will receive the Holy Spirit in that life-giving way. So let me ask, do you need, Jesus says there, look, the peace of Christ? Do you feel, look at the next words, do you feel that sense of, just as Jesus said, I was called, I was sent, now I'm sending you, perhaps you feel like you're at a stage where you're about to do something, there's a new chapter, there's a new thing happening in your life, and you would like to pray again, Lord, might I receive that breath of life, your life-giving spirit. That's one of the pictures that we get of the Holy Spirit, like a breath of life. Okay, let's have a look at the second one. Next one is rivers. All right. And actually, well, we could say rivers or waters, and that is a picture that has to do with thirst. So who would like to see, children, who would like to see a thirsty pet video that I pulled off of YouTube. Of course you would. Let's have a look at some thirsty pets. Can we turn it up a bit? There we go. I know which was my favorite. That one. Now, 
thirsty, thirst, children, adults, we all know what it's like to thirst, to need a drink really badly. Now imagine a time when um, all the people had gathered in Jerusalem for a very special festival, and on their minds, of course, they were thinking about all the big things that the Bible has to say about water. So for example, when God's people came out of Egypt and they needed water to, to sustain them, to get them through, he gave them water from the rock. Do you remember Moses struck a rock and the water came forth from the rock and they drank and they were sustained. Uh, think about the promises God made um, in the Old Testament about rivers flowing from God's dwelling place, flowing from God's temple out into the world to bring healing to the nations. That might have been on their mind. Now, as those things were on their mind, thinking about what water meant in the Bible, Jesus said this. Let anyone, anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. So can you see that? Not only is Jesus saying, oh, that thirst, that will sus- you, you need water to sustain you. That thirst that you have, um, I can provide that. I can quench your thirst and sustain you. That deep human thirst, that deep need that we all feel. Jesus is like, I can provide that. And not only that, but Jesus is promising for those who receive him and his spirit will be themselves thirst quenchers for others. That same spirit of life can flow out from each and every one of us who've received the spirit and give life to others. So let me ask this, are you thirsty? Are you longing that you might provide thirst-quenching waters to others? Well, then we can pray. We can pray even today that the Spirit of God um, might produce in us life-giving waters for the world. Okay, number three. Let's have a look at number three. That was rivers and waters. We looked at breath. Keep, keep these on your fingers. Look, breath. The Spirit of God like breath. The Spirit of God like waters, like rivers. Here's the next one. Oil. Oil is often used for cooking, isn't it? Oil is used for cooking. Oil is used for medicines, sometimes used for like um, its healing properties. It's also used, and most commonly in the Bible, it's used for anointing. Now I need a very willing volunteer here, which uh, someone maybe under the age of 10 who would like to come and uh, be my anointing candidate, who would like to get anointed with oil. Anyone interested in being in? Yeah, Matthew, you'll do. Come on up, lad. Come and stand in the bucket. You ready for this? If you stand in there, because this could get messy. Okay, you ready? Now, in the Bible, yeah, stand in the bucket. In the Bible, they didn't just use, they didn't just use a little bit of oil. They used a lot often like a whole hornful. So I'm going to pour, are you all right if I just pour a lot of oil on your head? Yeah, that's 
No. <laughs> okay. In the Bible, in the Bible, yes, they did. They used oil, and it was particularly for priests, prophets, kings even, when they were about to uh, set out on a new calling, as they were about to become a priest, or as they were about to become a prophet, or as they were about to become a king. It was going to be a change of life for them. Big change, new status, new mission, new future. And they were anointed for that. They were anointed with oil. Now, we still do it in the church today. And I'm going to show you often how we do it. It's often how we do it in the church. So this is actual oil. And we would, in, if, if, if you came, and in fact, you can, you can come uh, to one of us in the ministry team, perhaps for an anointing with oil. It's a prayer of anointing. And we would often anoint the forehead, put a, just face the front lad. We would put a cross on someone's forehead, a cross of oil, and sometimes as well, if you just put your hands out, your palms out for me, sometimes because it's not just the whole person who's being anointed, but the work of their hands, what they're about to do, or the, the service that they're about to offer with their hands will anoint their hands with oil like that because they're about to embark on something. They're about to do something significant. It's like a change of status. I'm going to be changed. There's going to be something different about me from now on and I'm going to serve in this new way. And so they were anointed. They were anointed in the Bible. We still anoint people, uh, even today, as they embark on a new adventure. Go ahead, Lev. Thank you. Yay, well done. It's very brave. <laughs> let's have a look at it. So let's see it. Let's see the verse of Scripture that has to do with this. So Samuel. So remember Samuel? Samuel in the, in the Old Testament and King David, this is the beginning of King David's reign on the throne. Samuel sent for David and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. Next slide, please. So Samuel took the horn of oil. So it was a big old thing. It was a, not a teapot of oil, but a horn of oil. And anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, there it is. Look at it. From that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. They are the oil of anointing. So can I ask, are you facing a new calling? Are you facing a change coming up? Might be a small one might be a big one. And you want to ask, Spirit of God, would you equip me? Would you fill me afresh for this new season? The Spirit is willing and able to fill each and every one of us for a new task, a new ministry, a new calling. That's oil. Finally, of course, fire. The whole church has been decorated with ribbons meant to look like, you know, the color of flame because we know, don't we, that it's a very special time when we often think at Pentecost about the fire of God's Spirit. Okay, now I'm going to read you the very famous text that we always read at Pentecost, okay, and uh, I'm going to read it nice and slowly so that you can hear the drama of what happened that very first Pentecost. Here we go. Can I have the words on the screen, please? 
When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I do have a bucket of emergency water over there, just in case. There we are. Fire, isn't that good? So there they were. Imagine the drama in that room, all together, people from all over the world who spoke all sorts of different languages, and there was wind. The noise, like a rushing of the wind, and there was flame, tongues of fire above their heads. And all of a sudden, they were able to speak in each other's language so that they could be heard amazing moment for the church that was about to go out to the whole world. Amazing moment for language barriers to be broken down so that the good news about Jesus and his life-giving spirit could go out all the way around the world. So do you see the spirit is like a fire readying God's people, purifying God's people, enabling them to do things they'd never done before in taking the good news about Jesus all over the world. So let me ask you, are you eager for the same spirit to enable you? I'm talking to children. You might be seven, six, five. You might be 75. The same spirit can enable us to do things we'd never previously dreamed of. You don't think, do you, that you could suddenly speak an ang- another language in an instant. The Spirit of God came upon them in that kind of power to do things they'd never done before. So there we are. Let me summarize. Breath. Life-giving Breath. Jesus said, breath, as the Father sent me, so I will send you. And he breathed on them as they went out with a mission. Rivers, as scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So thirst-quenching waters, those kind of people can become thirst-quenchers themselves to the world around them. Thirst-quenchers. Oil for anointing just like a king or a prophet of a priest might step into a new role, step into a new calling, step into a new moment. The oil of the Spirit can prepare us for a new thing. And finally, fire, tongues of fire, flame that will refine and purify us and give us gifts we never thought possible. Those are just four ways. There are more but there's just four ways the gift of the Spirit is celebrated at Pentecost 
as something that happened once and something that can happen again. So let's just pause and take a moment. I'm going to leave some silence. Children, adults, let's take some moments. Maybe there's a prayer that you would like to pray in the quietness of your heart for this next season of our lives. Let's just take 30 seconds or so. whatever God might be calling us to next. Whoever God might be calling us to next. In whatever role we might be called to serve. And in whatever ways we need to be equipped, let us joyfully pray for the Holy Spirit. Father of mercy, we pray that you would send your spirit afresh amongst us. Renew us for the coming weeks and months. Give us, Lord, a sense of your presence, your thirst-quenching life, the breath that fills our lungs, a refining fire, the oil of anointing, that we might be equipped and ready for every good work. And we pray these things in that most precious name of Jesus. Amen.